Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome once more to the Working Man's Honest Bicycle Program. Uh, tonight is kind of special because uh, I don't know if you know this, Matteo, but this is this is our thirtieth episode. Holy moly! Happy anniversary, Greg. Happy yeah, happy thirtieth anniversary or something, Matteo. Happy third anniversary. So anniversary. So I'm talking right now to my good friend and co-host, as usual, Matteo, over there in Minneapolis. How you doing, Matteo? I'm doing great, especially now that I found out that we're recording our thirtieth episode. Yeah, isn't that exciting? I'm Greg. I'm uh, based in Boston, and. The Working Man's Honest Bicycle Program is a show for heady discussion of bikes and bike riding topics. Uh, we're, you know, all about, we're, we're basically a show for bike lovers that's by bike lovers. And I believe that we have with us a, a an additional bike lover in the cast tonight. Hi there. <laughs> yes, the voice you're hearing, that's that's Heidi Goodson. How should we, how should we introduce you, Heidi? Uh, well, so I am also in Minneapolis. I happen to know Mr. Matteo very well. <laughs> um, I Let's see, what should I say? So I'm a mathematician, um, but I guess more relevant to the show, I am a bike racer of many sorts and a bike commuter of many sorts. And just generally, I would rather be on a bike right now. <laughs> Oh, welcome perhaps, Heidi. perhaps, yes, welcome, Heidi, perhaps a pedal pop. <laughs> a pedal pop? No, 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 uh, never mind, we're not going to go there. That's a, a sore subject for the city right now. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Uh, okay. Yes, to our listeners, apparently there's been some kerfuffle in the news because some people decided to ride bikes around with squirt guns and squirt guns and people on pedal pubs. Pedal pubs are like these things where... 12 people sit on stools connected to pedals and they pedal a cart around and the person who's driving the cart serves the people who are pedaling the cart a bunch of beer and tend to be like loud and disruptive and maybe it's fun. I don't really know. I don't have too strong an opinion on it, but some people squirt gunned some other people and some of the other people were like drunk off-duty cops and then they administered a beatdown <laughs> and Predi- people with predictable the squirt results guns got arrested. Ensued. <laughs> yeah. So... This has led to much arguing in uh, – there's much consternation in the city about what's worse, squirt guns or pedal pubs. <laughs> Truly a subject for an epic uh, podcast all its own. <laughs> really just a, a fine topic for navel-gazing in general. <laughs> well, that's what we're – well, we're good at navel-gazing, but I think we're going to skip that one. Uh, it's true. We're, we're here to overthink things. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do or maybe give them their do think well, their do think that's good i like that mm-hmm. that's Thank yeah you. i'm Matt, maddie is a sharp fellow i don't know if you've noticed uh <laughs> so so maddie why don't you kind of uh take the take the reins here i, I feel like i feel like we have some <clears throat> kind of agenda but that you you and and heidi maybe are better uh prepared to begin steering it Sure, I'll get behind the wheel here. Uh, I guess what I want to talk about is the North Star Grand Prix, which uh, every year in the Twin Cities area, there's this big five-day professional bike race, and it's it's you know drawn some heavy hitters in its time. Uh, has uh, some some race courses that are you know only raced during North Star, uh, downtown St. Paul, uptown Minneapolis, and some other kind of epic and very specific races you know the people those who've raced it tend to 
tend to like it and love it and have this, you know, this idea that the North Star Grand Prix uh, has a very solid and specific role and style and place in the calendar. And uh, I guess about two years ago, um, its major sponsor pulled out and they had enough money to run it last year. And then they were looking for a major sponsor and like it had a calendar spot uh, for this year and it was on the national racing calendar, but no one was really sure that it was going to happen. Like it was never, you know, there were, there were articles saying like, oh yeah, we're still looking for sponsors. And it really, they put it out there that like they, they weren't sure it was going to go down. And then, you know, finally about six weeks, maybe, maybe a little bit more uh, before the scheduled event itself, you know, it was confirmed that they had enough money to pull the event off. Um, so please everybody, you know, pro teams register for the race. And then just about a week or two ago, which is maybe three or four weeks shy of the event itself, they kind of announced that they were canceling the professional women's race of the North Star Grand Prix uh, due to low registration. And, you know, that, that rocked the boat quite a bit. Oh, yeah. So this is the race, by the way, formerly known as the Nature Valley Grand Prix, yeah? Yeah, I was going to, you know, like avoid mentioning the title of the, the former sponsor. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's I fine. Think... They sponsored it for a long time. I'm not... I, I just really think that helps clarify yeah, what, it certainly does. The, what this event was that it is not in fact something you haven't heard of you know you chances are if you have uh, some peripheral awareness of professional cycling uh, or, or large uh, professional cycling events in the United States that you've heard of the uh, Nature Valley Grand Prix mm-hmm. and you know it's not it's not the biggest and flashiest but I think it holds a solid spot uh, on the calendar. Well, it was a big deal for for quite a long time, actually. So yeah, and I actually remember being a being a young early racer and racing the Bear Mountain Classic in New York, and I remember seeing that like the winner of the the you know Cat One Two race would be qualified to race the Nature Valley Grand Prix, and they would form this like amateur composite team. Mm-hmm. And I think I remember, yeah. Was this for the men? Yeah, I don't remember if it was also for the women, but I remember. Yes, it, it absolutely was also for the women. Yep. Yeah. So unfortunately this year, you know, there's no women's professional race associated with the North Star Grand Prix, which I think is a damn shame. Uh, and I also know that Heidi has some opinions on the matter. I have many opinions. We'll see which ones come out. <laughs> um, opinions on this show? Uh, I don't know, Heidi. Is that, what, is that what you guys do here? Is that's that, what we do. That's what you do, right? We try to make sure that everyone's comfortable <laughs> yeah. and, you know, hear both sides. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as long as so guess, this yeah sorry go on oh it's okay so i guess so one thing that i would start out with saying is that last year um there were over 100 women registered for the start of the race and i don't know too much about the race because i hadn't planned on doing it but as far as i can tell after each stage or for each stage there are time cuts and so they were you know over 100 women signed up and then after each day some of them wouldn't be able to continue anymore so that's how many women there were in this field last year and then as of three weeks ago or two weeks ago i forget um the race organizer sent out some emails saying there were only 17 women registered Hmm. and apparently after that there weren't any more people registering and so then they canceled the race 
So I guess my point is that something happened. It's not that there aren't women to do this race. It's something happened in the organization of the race because clearly there are enough women. There was a race this past weekend in, was it Winston-Salem? Mm-hmm. Where there were over 100 women. I think there were 150 women in the in the races. Yeah. There's some race in Philly this weekend where there were almost 200 women registered. So there there are enough women. So the question is, where did they go for North Star? Yeah, and I guess yeah, that's why there. I think it's such a it's such a tough and disappointing situation is because uh, I'm I'm quite sure that you know in January or February or whenever teams do this, you know all the all the pro teams were sitting down and making their schedules and thinking like, oh, okay, then are we going to spend money to get to North Star? Well, is North Star going to happen? They've just been putting out, you know, articles in the paper saying, uh, we really need some money here. We really need some sponsors. Hmm. We have a limited budget. We're a domestic women's pro team. We don't have very big budgets. All right. We're going to commit to putting something else in our race calendar. You know, that's kind of what I figure happened to like every women's pro team in the country. And so, yeah, like when you, well, when, you like waffle, when you waffle the... about whether you can have your race or not, people aren't, gonna, pe- you know, specifically people who need to decide early on aren't going to come, aren't going to come. Well, it seems like, you know, take, take the issues that any small time, uh, professional team has in figuring out its race calendar and, you know, any event that might be on the bubble. And then, you know, when it comes to the women's pro teams, you probably need to magnify that because there's even less money and even, you know, not less pro in the sense of, of how, uh, in, in, in the sense of how the riders train and race or, or, or anything, uh, or, or even necessarily in how the team operates, but less pro in that there's just less money to, to spend. So you got to pick pretty carefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, the other thing that you know just winds up looking uncomfortable, and there there are ways to spin this as if it's a positive, but you know they they canceled the professional women's race, and they added an amateur men's one two three race for several of the races. Hmm. I don't know, Heidi. How do you feel about that? Well, yeah. Well. But with the addition that women could race with the amateur men if they wanted to. So we're we're allowed or we're given the opportunity to do these races still, but we have to race with the Cat 1, 2, 3 men. Um, yeah. Which is sort of, you know, it's just really frustrating because then, and whatever, I'm, I'm just going to say it because it, it doesn't matter if I piss someone off, but... You know, then they get to say, oh, look, there's still there's still opportunities for women to race because we said you could race with the men, but it's not a real opportunity because you have to race with people who are much faster than you generally, and you're going to get lost in a field of 100 other men, and you're not going to get the chance to be the first across the finish line if you are the first woman to finish the race. And so it's it's not this it's not actually giving an opportunity for women to do these races. It's not a showpiece at all. You know, it's both, hey, here's an amateur field, you know, and here you are with a bunch of, now, you know, I'm, I'm a cat three. 
I think, you know, I've heard it said that Cat 3 is the ultimate category. I feel pretty good about that. <laughs> but, you know, nonetheless, I mean, we're talking about, you know, if you're throwing in the elite women racers in a race with, you know, now, okay, you know, a 1-2-3 race is, is an elite race in a certain sense. But, you know, mm-hmm. you also have this contingent of the non-elite in there because it's safe to say that the Cat 3s are, you know, Cat 3 men are not elite and it doesn't matter. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just, it just seems kind of like extra, extra insulting or something to me. Maybe I'm just crazy, but it's like, yeah, this is just like the whatever amateur race. And uh, yeah, go ahead and slot into that. That'll be fine. It's definitely yeah. like the miscellaneous catch-all category. Yeah. And like, you know, I, I've seen the internet arguments where, you know, some people say, well, actually, women have more opportunities to race than men do because women can join the men's field and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but, like, the idea of an opportunity to race isn't, you know, how many <clears throat> fields can you enter. It's what is your opportunity to race with people of your like ability. And I think, you know, for certain sports, not all sports, uh, sex segregation um, makes a cer- is, is justifiable. Uh, and I think that, you know, the opportunity for a woman to race is not to join the men's field. It's to race against other women of like ability. Yeah. And the opportunity to participate in a men's field is not the same thing. Well, geez, even if like, I mean, it's nonsense. It's like when I enter even as, you know, a man, a one, two, three, well, or let alone a P one, two, three race, like (laughs) that's. You know, that's like, uh, it's it's kind of cool because it's like, yeah, I get to race, you know, depending on what race it is, like some of the local pros might show up, you know, maybe if it's a crit in the summer, like there's some uh, races coming up that uh, we, we might mention as we discuss this in New England Crit Week at the end of June. Oh, I'm in the same race with, you know, Jeremy Powers or Adam Meyerson or, you know, that. no, I mean, seriously, that can happen yeah. though. It's like a three yeah. and that's, you know, or Tim Johnson, that's super cool. But it's like, let's be honest, if you're a cat three in, in a P123 race, like, you know, you're not really racing these guys. <laughs> like, this is like motor pacing training is what you're doing, you know, and it's, so you're getting thrown in kind of the same boat as, as like the men, you know, threes mm-hmm. is what it seems like. This calls for eventually a conversation about like who are like the the coolest and most famous and most accomplished people that we've like managed to find ourselves in the same race <laughs> as. Because I think I think that's one of the cool things about cycling is that like you know you don't play another team. You know this isn't this isn't beer league softball. Like you just like work your way up and you can race against people who have like amazing careers and amazing abilities and you can just find yourself elbow to elbow with really accomplished people if you work your way up to a certain level and you can do that and you can have like no illusions whatsoever that you are actually at the same level even though you're there near each other on bicycles you know (laughs) yeah yeah it's pretty cool yeah one of the great things about cycling so you know associated i think with this whole thing about women's field is there's been uh lately uh, sort of an, uh, a building move toward equality in prize lists between men's and women's fields. And obviously, you know, I think we, we talked about this a little bit in the fall when Helen Wyman wrote her um, excellent, excellent piece on why World Cups ought to have equal payout. Um, and then also, you know, I think more and more, you know, on local levels, we're seeing 
equal payouts here and there and kind of, you know, mid-level races and smaller pro races and elite cyclocross races and this and that. Um, I would say that, the, you know, it's it's gaining momentum, right? Yeah. And I think notably, you know, over in Europe, uh, the Kopenberg Cross race got quite a bit of attention for having an equal payout sponsored by... Uh, 2020. 2020. Sponsored what do they make? Eyesight? What do they make? Sunglasses? Uh, I thought it was a bike shop. Oh, that's cool. That's great. 2020 could be the name of a glasses company. <laughs> if we're, if, and of course, yeah. if, I, if, if, I'm, if I'm wrong about that... So we're just like here dispensing incorrect information. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and they got great return on investment for it, and uh, <laughs> a lot of exposure. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to figure this out. It's a, it's a, it's a bike shop. It's a bike shop. Great. Just That's confirming. Awesome. Just, just breaking news. Yeah. 2020 <laughs> is a, is a bike shop or bike shop chain in in Maryland. All right. That's cool. I'd buy from them. Yeah, they're, they're they seem like good good peeps. Oh, I didn't just say that, did I? Oh God! You can edit it out, right? You can edit it out. We'll fix it in post. Oh, we're, yeah. <laughs> the magic of editing. <laughs> so, in in talking about like equality, you know, we we kind of talked about a number of the objections that come up to the idea of paying fields equally. You mm-hmm. know, and like obviously, there's always enough of a budget to pay people equally, right? All you need to do is split the damn thing, right? Um, yeah. I mean, I guess I, on on smaller scales, I kind of, uh, I, I get that, you know, a lot of promoters are maybe struggling to break even and have very specific registration goals that are difficult to hit in order to, you know, balance their budget and, you know, adding more prize money or like taking away from what they think is the marquee event. Like this is, this is like a challenge and a stress and something that they're trying to figure out. Um, so one of the, one of the things that I've just been mulling over in my mind is like, and I don't even, I'm, I'm like trying to come to an opinion on this. Like, how do I feel about the idea of tying prize money to field size? Right. Because one of the things that is, uh, often said, and sometimes even the case is that, you know, uh, women's races have, fewer registrants than some men's races and so you know how do you expect to like kind of fund a prize list of equal proportion not even of equal proportion an equal prize list if there's not equal proportion so i'm thinking like is the idea of somehow tying prize lists to field size something that is like a halfway step that is something that a promoter could feel better about doing um and would make people who are interested in equality happy? I'm not sure. I, as I'm saying this out loud, I'm like scrunching up my face a little bit because um, clearly I'm not really, I'm not really sure how I feel about it. And so I'm interested in using the two of you as a sounding board to kind of get more opinions into the pot and see, turn this thing over, see what we wind up thinking about it. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Heidi, do you want to go first or should I? Well, yeah. So. It's good, a good thing to mull over. I think that, you know, the good thing is that people, race organizers, for the most part, anyways, as far as I can tell, seem to be trying to make it better. We don't know what to do yet to to make sure that women's racing um, is paid paid out the way that it should be. So, that, you know, what am I saying? 
I think that organizers don't really know what to do yet in order to make sure that women are coming out to their races and that they feel like it's a good experience for them and that their race and their experience is valued. Um, so people are trying stuff out. And with the, the thing that concerns me about tying pay out to, how did you phrase it? To, the, to their field size. Tying pay out to the field size. So it does sort of make sense. It's like, oh, well, if there are only 20 racers, then we shouldn't be paying 10 deep because then 50%, I'm a mathematician, 50% of, of the people in the race <laughs> are getting paid. Um, so that makes sense. I totally get that. But then if an organizer says, well, if women don't show up, we're not going to pay them as much, then that sort of, it, to me, it seems like it's taking the responsibility away from them to promote their race and to make sure that women are coming to their race. Like, it shouldn't be on me to make sure that all of the women that I know, which actually aren't that many, um, are coming to these races. That's that's something that actually happens a lot, too, in terms of uh, uh, promoting races for women. You do get this, you know, certain promoters who are who are like, come out to our race, and then they get all annoyed and huffy when when they don't when when the women don't show up to mm-hmm. a race for whatever reason. You know, like hey, we had a prize list that was pretty good, and you know, we had your own race and you didn't go and support it and then and then there's all this anger at the woman for not coming out and it's like there's boy um (laughs) the problem it's it's kind of weird then how uh it's sort of uh i don't know there's the sense that well geez you ladies must be so desperate for any event that you'll come to our event and and right and and maybe you know maybe these are well produced you know there are well produced events that that people don't turn out turn up to in in good numbers but yeah I don't know I I feel like a lot of uh, I feel like I feel like the women you know get placed in this kind of blackmail sort of situation sometimes yeah and I I want to go ahead and put it out there that like you two aren't exaggerating I'm pretty sure that I've seen promoters say explicitly on the internet we are giving you a race it's your responsibility to show up and prove that you deserve it yeah and that's insanity yeah i feel like i saw that on twitter recently actually in the past couple of days i forget what race it was <laughs> yeah and um, boy does you better that, show up doesn't that make you feel welcome heidi yeah <laughs> when i'm told that i better show up to something mm-hmm. can't wait yeah and yeah that's and like you know, I I kind of understand what's going on behind it, but still, when it comes out like that, it's super messed up. Yeah. The other the other thing that that so one of the things that makes me uncomfortable, and like you know, you two hit the nail on the head with some of the things that make me uncomfortable about tie, tying payout to field size. The other thing that I think uh, doesn't work about it, even though it gets a disproportionality thing, is because it kind of relies on um, racers and registrations in order to like balance the budget of a race. And that's, that's fine. That sounds great. Um, and that probably, you know, is really important, especially for a lot of the like weeknight training events that a lot of racers, you know, rely on for fun and fitness and socializing. <clears throat> Not only speaking for myself here, I hope. <laughs> but, you know, when it comes to, like, big, like, 
weekend events and regional events. We we hope that this is not just for us, right? Like we, okay, I'll, I'll just speak for myself here. Like I, as a bike racer, I know that I'm doing something in a very public place. And so I want to put on a show. Like I want to make sure that, you know, the little town that's like hosting a crit in its downtown wants to give the promoter another permit next year. And I want residents to not feel like the only thing that this is doing is blocking their traffic on a Saturday afternoon. You know, I want them at the barriers cheering and like listening to whatever's going on over the PA and buying food from whatever food vendor is out. You know, this, the races that I've raced that have this incredible festival vibe have without a doubt been the funnest. And I think one of the things that's part of that is, you know, getting the sort of local economy, you know, local businesses and all that stuff, like building this momentum. And, and some of that comes in the form of sponsorship and it would be great. And I think it is, you know, kind of the ideal for payout to come from that as part of this whole big mechanism of local support for a bike race. Yeah. And so when we talk about like tying prize money to the field size, I think, you know, we're talking about a model that like forgets that this other thing is what we should be working toward. And I say we as if I'm a race promoter and I'm not. So, you know, apologies there. Um, but I show up to races. Yeah, so, yeah well, and there's cool. there's there's another. Race. So that's really important, um, you know, and, and having that that community aspect, right, that, that it needs to be not just about us. Um, there's another another aspect we haven't mentioned yet which is that you're locking down essentially depending on on whether the race is only pre-reg or whether there's day of registration you're locking down your prize list uh, maybe you know 24 hours to uh 15 30 minutes before a race starts uh that's not gonna work i don't think I, i think that's so you've got Elite riders in particular, especially up-and-coming elite riders, and, and to some extent, you know, elite teams as well, are looking at that prize list um, as part of, of the things that they are calculating. Of course, the prize lists for even the biggest criteriums in the U.S. Uh, have, have effectively not changed in 30 years, with even with the pace of inflation. So mm-hmm. it, it might be that that's not the biggest thing uh, that people are concerned with right now, because... You know, you're going to take home like you know the, the the winner of you know whatever XNCC like the tour of Somerville winner will take home like twenty five hundred dollars or something, which is ridiculous. Um, which is the same as what it was in like nineteen eighty or something. <laughs> but so so maybe that's not like the biggest consideration in the world. But you know there are sort of the journeyman, you know, pros, men and uh, women. Though probably it's as easier to do for the men to be completely honest. You know, who are looking at the prize list for races and, and, you know, who are literally getting from race to race on gas money from from winnings. Uh, and I, I, that's a really good point. I think yeah. that ties back to, like, why there are fewer women registered for North Star. Because I think that, you know, women's pro teams tend to travel as clusters. You know, they're, they're really kind of pulling their resources tight around them and stretching their bucks and they're piling into the van. And I think, you know, even the, the small men's domestic pro teams they've got a little bit more flexibility to have their riders like all right like go home for three weeks and then we'll fly you to you know some crit or two for the weekend and then you fly home and blah 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 blah. you know there's it from what i've seen there's it it just seems like a lot of the women's teams you know they've got like their team travel plans 
Yeah. And well, yeah, yeah like, men's teams do, but there's a lot more flexibility for that. Those just individual privateer style trips to races. Sure. Sure. Though, you know, I mean, there's a, there's, there's sure a, a lot of drive in the van for the men's teams. Too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hashtag get in the van. Get in the, van. Yep. <laughs> the same thing. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's the prize equality thing is is difficult because um, it's very difficult to just bootstrap, as we've discussed in that that previous episode about what um, Helen Wyman was talking about. But you know, it, it's sort of there's there's also the the kind of added element of that it's it's sort of the right thing. Uh, I don't envy promoters finding that balance. Like it's not an easy thing. Mm-hmm. In like an era where prize lists haven't grown because you know our sport seems to be bleeding money instead of bringing any in. Yeah, yeah. When prize lists aren't growing in general and promoting a race is, you know, probably harder harder than ever really but you know at the same time it's no longer it's no longer acceptable to just throw a race for you know a, an elite men's field and that's your entire race yeah that's not that's not something you you can do anymore well it apparently is something you can do but people don't like it well <laughs> yeah i mean yeah, yeah. right <laughs> It's something yeah. that you can do, but it's not something that's publicly acceptable. Right. Well, you know, on the so on the bright side, here in New England, so we've got coming up, as I said, New England Crit Week is is the last week in June, basically. It starts with this race called the Exeter Classic in Exeter, New Hampshire, which is a great race, um, really popular, been around for a while. And they're bringing back, and this is fun, actually. So these races, there are some midweek races, and there's this is also in New England in the summer, kind of the land of the, uh, there are these twilight crits that happen throughout the season. There are these New England Crit Week ones, so there's Exeter. Uh, later on, we have the Witch's Cup, which is in Salem, um, Massachusetts, that are, that are these kind of early evening um, races that have not a whole lot of fields. There's like a P123 race. Uh, and there's like a women's race and there might be or or maybe there's a master's race and in exeter uh they're bringing back a women's a women's field with equal prize money in lieu of a master's m45 plus i think that is i think that is absolutely the right call that is very appropriate yes We have we have we have thoughts about masters racing here, and not that we don't like. I think I said on our last episode, some of you know some of my best friends are masters racers. I, I'll probably be one someday, <laughs> except I don't know if there are many masters women's fields. Right? No, there 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 aren't, unfortunately. Maybe by but the time yeah, I get it, there, though. See. Maybe maybe by then. Um, but yeah, but it, it it seems like a a trade off that. Um, can be made because you know there is that uh well in the case of this race the p123 uh is is the exeter race for the men and so go race in the open race uh and then we have a women's race and and they're going to get the same prize money which i think is great yeah i think that's just the right trade-off because it's so clear that despite the fact that we're all aging masters racing is not where the sport is growing well, right? like, yeah, it, I mean, it, it grows when we get people into the sport, not when we. Age. It's tough. This is this is a whole other topic that we might talk about another time. Likely, but yeah, we probably won't at some point. But but I mean, the thing is that the uh, the trick is that right now, 
quite probably sort of the largest single uh, contingent in sort of the grassroots sport is masters. Yeah. Uh, and that's sort of a problem for growth uh, and, and not where we need to be. Mm-hmm. It's, it's great because you can bring in that registration money that way, but uh, mm, mm-hmm. it's, it's questionable yeah. as a continued path forward. Yeah. Let's I face have... it. People get old and infirm <laughs> and die <laughs> and then you're out of money. Um, I have thought it, I mean, yeah, this is another topic, but I have definitely thought at some local races that there are three masters men's fields because that's where the money is coming in from. It, and yep. that's how the race is happening is from that money. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. So can we, uh, any final <laughs> thoughts? Can should, should we put a uh, stick a fork in this one? Let's stick a fork in it just by reiterating, you know, uh, the fact that canceling a women's field and having a, another men's field is something that can be done, but in this day and age, uh, it is inappropriate. It is absolutely regrettable. Even if, you know, there are reasons why it had to happen, it still just needs to be said that it's unacceptable. Yeah. And, you know, if any any women listeners we have out there who are in the New England area in, uh, let's see, on uh, June 23rd, uh, go sign up for the Exeter Classic. It's a great race. You know, yeah, do it. I, I think that uh, you'll have a lot of fun. So, yeah, we're checking again. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so what are we? Uh, are we ending uh, that topic? Yeah. Oh, I actually. Oh, sorry, yeah. I have a couple of things to add. Yes. If that's yes, okay, please do. Uh, so one thing that I want to add, just hear me out. An idea on payouts. Um, I should say that I think I got this idea from a teammate, maybe or maybe Helen Wyman who's not a teammate i'm not sure but (laughs) i got this idea from someone else and you know i haven't decided that this is the best way to do it and this is what i completely agree with um but one idea is to have something like maybe not equal payout because it's true that the women's fields are often smaller but maybe equal payout for like the top five because Mm. you know even if your race is small or you know it's 50 people instead of 75 you're still in the top five. You still had to work really hard to get in the top five places. And so, and, you know, winning a race is difficult if there are 75 racers or 50 or 200. There's still only one winner. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So, I like that idea. I like that idea quite a bit. I think that's respectable. Mm-hmm. Something to think about. Something to think about. Um... Uh, And my other thing that I wanted to mention before we cut off on this topic was that my hope with the, I guess the North Star Grand Prix in particular, because that's very, very recent and very um, relevant to us since we live here, is that, you know, they, they only had 17 women register this year. And I just hope that in planning next year, they don't have it in their heads that women are going to come to their race, but rather they have the question in their heads, well, what could we do differently to make sure that women are registering for our race? Mm. Well put. So making sure that, you know, that they're doing some reflection to see like what happened, because it's not that women don't race. It's that something happened to make them not register for this one in particular. And what can we do to make sure that they come again next year? And it should be noted that, like, we know some people who are on the organizing committee, and we kind of expect that they 
they almost certainly are doing this because they're you know fine people who have been working hard in a different in a difficult circumstance difficult funding environment indeed indeed well, okay. Thank you for your thoughts on that matter, Heidi Goodson. Hey, no problem, Mr. Matteo. Can I call you that? Mr. Matteo. Mr. Matteo. Wow. I should say okay. Coach Matteo, too, actually. He's my coach, <laughs> among many other things. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Heidi and I are sweethearts. It's true. It's true. <laughs> yes, everyone, subtext for you. Let's just. Ugh. <laughs> 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 Uh, that's you know <laughs> all right um maybe we're done <laughs> yeah let's take a fork in it <laughs> oh i feel so lost i'm lost in space man <laughs> uh is this all how right. every week is no no yeah we have a structure yeah yeah, we sure do. <laughs> structure. We're all about structure here in the no, Working Man's sure. Honest Bicycle program. We have formats, uh, structure. Segments. We got structure. segments. Uh, Don't, did, you, got, did you mention uh, formats? I, I believe I mentioned formats. Oh, yeah, we have format. yeah, formats. We got, yeah. Um, uh, what are they called? You know, can, bits? Can, cans? Bits? Cans. Uh, cans? Well, I've, I mean, what? I don't know. I've got, I've got some nice cans, but. Uh... <laughs> okay, uh, that's the end of the show. Woo! Thank you for, <laughs> thank you for joining us. Uh, this has been the Working Man's Honest Bicycle Program. I'm Greg. I'm Matteo. We've yeah. been joined by Heidi. Yeah. Say, 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 uh, acknowledge your presence, Heidi. I'm so awkward. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best segment we've ever had on the show. That was amazing. So yeah, okay. So you can you can find us on Twitter. I I'm McRolby, and uh, if you two would would share. Yeah, you can find me at underscore Matteo. And this is Heidi. You can find me at MathQueen05. Yeah. Uh. So also find the show at underscore WHBP. We have an email address. At Honest Bike, well, sorry, it's not at Honest Bike Program, sorry. Uh, <laughs> the, the email address is honestbikeprogram at gmail.com. So use either of those to tell us what gigantic fools we are. Um, please, please, please do that. Also, you know, head to iTunes, uh, give us a review, uh, give us some stars, that sort of thing. That helps download us out old episodes. a lot. Yeah, download old episodes, of course. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Good night, everybody. Bye. Yeah.